Hi everyone, this is Chelsea Lee Truscott, breakup coach and podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak, and this is episode 66. This is day five, question five, and lo and behold, I am stoked. Like, I'm pumped. Remember yesterday I was saying that there's these nerves, there's this withdrawal, this not wanting to do these questions. It's kind of like what they say about working out probably, you know, you don't want to go to the gym, you don't want to go, you don't want to go, you're going, you don't want to go, you're there, you don't want to be there. And then you show up for a few days. And now there's less resistance. And when there's less resistance, you almost can't imagine yourself giving it up. I'm also just feeling the benefits. I swear, I am. I should know why. Why? I mean, I created this damn thing. I think that there's something soothing about knowing that you have a place to go to to talk. Talking out loud when you have direction, so there's questions, it's being directed, it's almost as if I'm showing up to talk to someone. Of course, I'm just talking into the air. I'm talking to you. That's also an added benefit, I think. The feeling, I've always had this, by the way, when I was a young kid, I wrote and I wrote online in these online journals and I would always write because there was, there were people reading. Even if there weren't, there was the illusion or the chance that someone would be reading. I think podcasting is very similar. So you're talking to an audience. There's no one here right now, but there's the potential for people to be here at one point or be listening soon. And that dynamic knowing that that's the dynamic makes it feel like there's this camaraderie, there's this responsibility, there's this hype even, there's this allure to showing up and talking it out. So that said, I am feeling good. Let's get into this and I can tell you a bit about my day and how I wasn't always feeling good today. So date, February 5th, 2019. Today I want to feel encouraged. That said, I remember earlier today laying on my bed and thinking, oh no, I have so much to get done. Just this real anxiety, really this anxiety of not even knowing what to tackle first, not knowing how to go about it all. It was consuming. It felt very deadening. I felt very, very discouraged. And I was like, oh no not this kind of day again. And by that, I mean like mentally. Let me not do this to myself today again. Let me not go to sleep tonight and think, you didn't do good enough today, Chelsea. You didn't kick it out of the park. You're fucked. That sort of thing. Do you ever have those days? Yeah, I have them too. So I'm feeling this and I'm becoming quite overwhelmed by what feels like an overwhelming amount, again, of things to get done in a short time frame. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I like put it out of my mind, but I'll tell you some steps that took place. I immediately got up and I started tackling some of the smaller things that I needed to do, but that I knew would get me some momentum going, get me some skin in the game that would feel good to have done, that were necessary things that I needed to get done as well, but they were smaller bits that would carry me. 
Then I was working, working, working. And at a certain point, I was like, I'm going to go outside with my dog and decided last minute, I'm going to go across the street and get a juice. Chelsea doesn't get juices. In fact, she walked in, me, I, I walked in and I immediately beelined for the Oreos. Now, my favorite are mint, mint everything in life. I love dipping cookies, Oreos specifically into coffee. So, I went there. Then I saw peppermint bark. Again, like this is another, this is mint too. And this just took my attention. It took my breath away. I picked those up and that's usually what I do. That's what I take. Then I thought about that juice. I'm like, you know what, Chelsea? Do something different. Get yourself a juice. Make it as sour and as throw your eyes open as possible and get that juice to go. So I got the juice, and the weather now is just spectacular. I was blown away. Like, what type of day is this? I was also blown away that I felt so good about it, like that I felt so different in a sense. I always talk about how I'm from Miami. I hate the heat. I love the winter. I love telling everyone that I love the winter. And I have to say, most years I've been in New York City, totally in eight years, a little over eight years, and I've always loved it. But this was the first winter. This has been the first winter when it's felt a little bit intimidating. It has felt a bit intimidating. So I did notice today that the weather had a significant improvement almost immediately on my mood. So I got this juice in my hand, I turned the corner, and there are some chairs outside. There's this guy sitting on a table in a chair. And I just say, I'm with my dog. I said, hey, can I sit down with you? Oh my God, please, please, please sit down. So we begin talking. He's in all khaki and red. His nickname, by the way, is Red. He's wearing red. God, this guy is good. He's been back and forth between Arizona and New York. He's from Brooklyn. And he's going to make the move finally to Arizona. And he's saying it's the weather, it's it's an up-and-coming city, it's like the sixth largest metropolitan area. I'm like, what? I mean, all this information. And then he's telling me what he's up to. He's going to the movies right across from me at the corner of my street. There's a movie theater, and he's going to go see this movie, Glass. I have no idea what he's talking about. I tell him I don't go to the movies. He's like, I'm the same way. I was in Brooklyn. I was right across the street from a movie theater, just like me, and I never went just like me. I also brought this up in an episode, I think two episodes ago when I was crying and I was crying even when I was saying that I thank my ex-boyfriend for taking me to the movies, like having those dates with me because I don't go to the movies. And it does make me think about how I always do go to the movies with my dad because he loves the movies. And so even though some people it's like the typical date, it's kind of feels special because it's just something that I don't do. I don't just go to the movies for anyone. So it has felt special. Well, he told me what the movie, the glass movie is about. And actually I had seen that movie with my ex. And this visual came to me yesterday, actually, when I was taking the subway back. I've been taking the subway a lot. And it just, this visual came up of the subway ride I had had with my ex. And it was actually after that movie we had seen. And it was, I don't know, just an ordinary moment. By the way, this is for anyone out there. If you think about ordinary moments, or if you think that no one thinks of ordinary moments, I'm proving you wrong. When it comes to romance, I really think about the ordinary moments in me and my partner's life. 
those are the real magic for me. That's the magic for me. Maybe that has something to do with being in long distance relationships. So for me, it was always at a certain point, at least in my spree, that's the word of long distance relationships. I was always looking for moments that didn't feel like a vacation. I said, I didn't want that. That just seemed almost like disingenuine to what I was going for in life, which was a stable relationship. I wasn't just looking for vacation mode boyfriend. And so I really loved ordinary moments. I know other people really talk about big trips that they took. We all have our thing, I suppose, but I don't know. I think that we overlook how special we can make an ordinary moment. So I was thinking about that moment. This guy is sitting across from me talking about this movie and I just enjoyed this guy so much and I was drinking this drink and I don't know, just the the nerves and the anxiety of all that needed to be done just melted away. I mean, you could say that I was escaping, but the escapism worked because I got back to my desk and I got shit done in a calmer manner. And listen to me now, I'm chipper. I've got stuff to do. In about an hour, I'm doing an interview. There's still work to be done, but I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling up. I want to read to you a chapter, a short chapter from a book that I brought up yesterday that I bought yesterday. I have spoken about the insight from this man butchering his name, Laudro Rinsler. I pitched him today for the podcast. We will see what happens. I do love pitching people for it. And this is from his book, Love Hurts. So the chapter is the importance of taking care of yourself. There's an old story of a man who was going about his business one day, walking in the woods. All of a sudden, he found himself right in the path of a ferocious tiger. He turned and ran as fast as he could. Just as the tiger was closing in on him, he came across a cliff and spotted a vine dangling from the earth. He grabbed it and slung himself over the cliff. Luckily, the vine held and he was safe for the moment. He glanced down to see if he could lower himself onto the ground anywhere. Unfortunately, down below him lay not safety but another tiger with her eyes fixed upon him. He looked back up to see if the other tiger had left and if he could climb back up. The first tiger was still there. Worse, a small mouse was on the cliff nibbling away at the vine he was holding onto. As the immensity of the situation dawned on him, he saw something shiny and red out of the corner of his eye. It was a strawberry right within his reach. He plucked it with his free hand and tasted it. It was the most delicious thing he had ever eaten. And that is how the story ends. Sometimes when we are plagued by heartbreak, we forget to appreciate the simple things in our life. If you feel like you're trapped between two tigers, that of a serious illness and a serious breakup, for example, I invite you to contemplate if there is a strawberry you can reach out for and enjoy. The strawberry may be a literal strawberry, because those are delicious, but it might also be some other way of taking care of yourself. It may be going to the gym, relaxing in the park, doing yoga, taking a leisurely walk outside with your dog, or reading something silly but fun. I'm a fan of comic books myself. You should find little ways to treat yourself in the midst of heartbreak. These are things other than the readily available, exciting but potentially draining activities like binge drinking, crazy drugs, or screwing around. 
When I asked people how they tend to take care of themselves in the midst of heartbreak, people would almost always open with a thing that they do that they probably shouldn't, like jumping into a new fling or overeating. Then they would continue into all the things that did prove helpful. My advice is to skip the activity that will only make you feel worse about yourself and go straight into self-care. Experiment with various ways of taking care of yourself. If one feels particularly potent, like going for a run, then try to work that into your daily schedule so you know that at least for one portion of the day, you'll be taking care of yourself in the midst of this heartbreak. That's the little sweet chapter, the little sweet strawberry chapter. Actually, this reminds me that once this man in red walked away to go meet his friends for the movies, I saw on my phone a news article, and it was about a mountain lion in Colorado that this man was out running. Maybe he was running from his heartbreak. He was out running, taking care of himself, and a mountain lion attacked him from behind. And they didn't say what this guy's name was. They didn't say how he killed him, but he killed the mountain lion. And I guess this is very, very rare that these lions would be triggered by a human. So I'm bringing this up because the story, this chapter started with a man being chased by a lion and finding his strawberry. I bring this up because that man in red today, I know this sounds cheesy, I swear. I'm piecing it all together now. The man in red today was my strawberry. He was. He was. It was just that spark that I needed to remind me what I'm all about, the human interaction, but also just what I need, which is just a diversion sometimes. And it's not a diversion from what I'm up to usually. I mean, my job is about working with people one-on-one, but sometimes it's a diversion just away from that one-on-one work I do or thinking about the work. And it's toward a very similar thing. It's people. I love people. They lift me up. But sometimes you need to find it in a new venue, in a different circumstance, and out of the blue. Again, I love out-of-the-blue moments, and I love ordinary moments. So I encourage you in these moments to figure out what your strawberry will be and reach for it. Because when you reach for something like that, not only does it give you confidence in yourself that you are willing to take care of yourself, that if you know what will help you, you will go after it. And if you don't know, but you see what you think could help you, that you will reach for it. And with that said, it's those moments that help suspend you, that keep you afloat between this book in Mark, the rock in the hard place, where you are trying to carry on. Day five's question is, if you could go back in time to the moment where everything seemed to shift, where your relationship felt like it was changing, what would you have said to nip it in the bud and acknowledge that something was different? Wow, I have to say that I feel like my approach to this question is very different than it would be five days ago if I hadn't have been doing these episodes and Going through these questions, I would have really had a lot of things that I could point out and what I would have done. And I don't think any of it really would have changed anything, right? I mean, I could have been aware of things, but 
I don't know if that would have lifted me up. I think that day five now, knowing what I know, saying what I've said, seeing what I see, feeling as I feel, that I'm not in the position anymore to nitpick. I'm thinking of this from a very different place. So a moment that stands out to me when there was a definite shift in the relationship, I will tell you it. It was the summertime and I was on a trip with my ex. I brought up this trip actually two episodes ago when I was saying what I was thankful for. And that was the trip with the family, with his children, but also his extended family. I think about that trip a lot. I met a cousin of his whom I love and I, it was just precious moments. And again, precious moments with the children and not only the ability that I had to be with them on their version of the trip, you know, them choosing the hotel, us being all together as a family with his family at the hotel, but then me being able to do the second part of the trip and go to some different destinations. And it was just, it felt like the four of us were really a family. And I remember wanting to really take advantage of one half of that stay, which is, it was at this Polynesian resort and it looked just like the bungalows do in just like they do in Bora Bora. And the kids, all of us were going to be at Disney and Disney is not my place. I'll tell you. So I remember feeling like I really want to take advantage of, I think it was only one day that we got at that resort. And it was my commitment to myself that I was going to leave the park at a certain time in order to go to the resort I felt like I needed to stay firm with that, even if he was going to not end up doing that with me, because if I didn't stand up for what I wanted to do for myself, I felt like you could end up becoming a mother, a wife, a stepmom that is always just following in the footsteps of someone else's desires. And again, trying to look at it from what type of history am I trying to create for myself? If this decision, if I make this decision, will it then inform or create an expectation for how I will make other decisions in the future. And when I was thinking about the position of possibly being a stepmom, I thought it was more important than ever to make wise decisions for myself, even if they're hard, even if it's easier for me just to, you know, put on a happy face and go through the park day after day after day, and not get that other part that I had picked out for our trip and that I really wanted to do. So I was discouraged at the time that he was going to stay with the kids at the park, but it was totally understandable. I say discouraged, but at the end of the day, I think I just felt bad that I was going to be leaving, but I felt like I needed to do it for myself. Okay, so that is not where everything seemed to shift, though it was a shift in a direction that I think was different for myself and that it was creating this boundary. Now, where I saw the relationship change was actually in that resort. Specifically, I'll give you a moment, but I had never cried with my ex-boyfriend ever in terms of feeling like I was in pain about our relationship. I was in pain about something within the relationship. I think a lot in the past, I cried all the time in my relationships, all the time because I didn't want to be in them, all the time because I knew that I wouldn't be able to be in them, all the time because I knew that this wasn't it. 
But I never had that with my ex. Proud to say that that was not our relationship. I did not put either of us through that. But this one time during this vacation, I was crying and crying and I knew that something was off because of it. I sensed a disconnect, a distance. Part of me feels like it happened when we went to that one resort and the children really reacting to this trip, to this part of the trip. And my ex, I felt like, and I remember at the times thinking this, I felt like I saw a noose go around his neck. I felt like I heard the clock start ticking down for him. In a sense, it was like there was not an enjoyment as much about, oh my God, this is so great. We're all loving this trip. We're all loving this part of it. It was almost like Chelsea just gave the children this element of the trip. I didn't. And that it was hard to feel proud of it because it wasn't coming from him. And I think that there became a fear of the comparison of what I could provide or my family could provide versus what he could provide or what his family could provide and feeling like this comparison was going to be the thing that kept us apart, was going to be ultimately the reason why I wouldn't choose him. The time was clicking down that he had to prove himself financially, at least, that he was going to be able to do all this for us in order to keep me. I had a strong sense of that and I hated it. I did not want that. I, I literally fought so hard against that all, all of the, the headache, the pain, the agony that I was even getting from my dad at the time about what I was doing, being with someone with children and that live so far away and all of that. And I really fought against it. I just tried to let love lead me, knowing that what I chose in the end could make me resent myself or feel let down by myself. You know, was love enough was the question. And I think in a sense, it's a hard question, but it's too simple. You know, was love enough? I guess not. No. But then it wasn't actually the perfect love. I mean, there's no perfect love, but the love in the beginning when I first had that question changed. Our dynamic changed. I remember feeling that and seeing that, and it was just, I felt like, again, we couldn't unsee what we saw. So where did everything seem like it shifted? Where the relationship felt like it was changing? It was on that trip in Orlando in moments. I don't feel like it's necessary to actually continue on talking about all that um, and explaining more moments. But that was the first moment. And it's as easy as that. That was the biggest shift. And it was met with a ton of tears. That said, what I was saying was in the past, I would have gone and said, okay, this is how I could have changed it. This is what I would have done to overcome that. This is what I would have done to eliminate that. Again, to nip it in the bud, acknowledge that something was different in order to correct it, to get us back on course. I, I think I would have thought that way before. Now what I realize is that I would have acknowledged it straight on. I wouldn't have dodged what it was that we both were experiencing or that I thought we were experiencing. I think I would have tried to use plain language. Yes, the emotions could have been there, but I would have said, things for what they were. I would have spoken as it was, as I was seeing it, as I knew it to be true. And I would have said, 
if this is undeniable, that the odds are stacked against us, that we will not ultimately be together, if that's what you are feeling, if that's what I am feeling, if that is what you are seeing, if that is what I am seeing, what can we do now to either stay together if we want to stay together, if we feel like that's not the right choice, to begin letting each other go? But my what what I would want to do is how can we stay together without forcing the relationship, give it the run that we think it deserves, but in the mindset that we don't think that we will be able to overcome the circumstances that will prevent us from being together. And with that in mind, how can we love each other as gently as possible? How can we give each other experiences that we both want from someone that we love as openly as we love each other. Relationships are all different. The men that I've loved in the past, I've loved in different ways. I've been a different person as I loved them. And I haven't had the full presence as I had in this last relationship. There are a lot of circumstances that made it different that allowed me to be more present. So knowing that, how could I channel that? How could I appreciate that and use that in order to have more experiences, to do things that I hadn't done with other exes or that I feel like maybe I wouldn't do with future partners because the circumstances will be different. I was with this woman in a Uber pool a few days ago, and she was talking about her boyfriend, how she loves him so much, but she feels like her career is going to pull her to Paris, and he has this restaurant here, and Nothing's wrong with them at all, but just that it would limit him. It would limit his happiness, especially to be with her. And she just feels like she has got to go forward and full on with her career, that this is the only opportunity she'll have to, you know, like it's, it's time, timing. And she was being a little bit nostalgic about the quote unquote perks that came with being with him. So he has this restaurant, he's a chef and all of those perks. And it wasn't in a snobby way that she was talking about it. She says, I have perks to me. Every person I've been with has had perks. And so it's hard saying goodbye to some of the perks and realizing that you're just going into a new dynamic, even if other perks will come up. But the perks are really just the fact that someone arrives with a different sort of life, with a different element, a different environment, with a different handout to you. And therefore, that becomes its own thing. My last relationship, you know what actually some of the perks were? His children. Now, I don't know if I ever thought I would have said that because in a different frame of mind, one could think that's what was getting in the way. That actually ended up being a massive, massive perk to me. It was one of the most beautiful things about the relationship. It's a perk because I don't know if I will have that again with another person I date, that I will date someone with two kids, especially two kids that were the same exact age going through those experiences, a boy and a girl. And so knowing that and feeling like we could inevitably break up and acknowledging that with each other, what it is about now before resentment has been built in, when we're first kind of seeing and having to swallow it, how can we continue the love, but also act on the perks, take advantage of the perks. So for instance, if I was to see how the relationship was changing and I wanted to nip it in the bud and acknowledge that something was different, the way it would have acknowledged it would probably have been, can I do more 
with your children? Can we do more together? I don't know if we will always have this access to each other. I don't know if I will always get to be with you and your two children. And I love being with you and your two children. If we're going to stay together because we love each other, can we have more of those moments together? Can I do them more to a greater extent? I say that if I realized things were changing and I really acknowledged that we probably weren't going to be able to stay together. It was going to have an expiration date. With that in mind, shouldn't I have just extended my vacation a few more times? Should I have tried in the chances I could to take another trip to see him? Should I have made things a little bit more special? I would have. It goes back to yesterday's episode where I talk about how love is a privilege and knowing that I were to lose someone, I wouldn't choose not to be with someone. I wouldn't choose not to love them. I would just choose to love them more, to say I love them another time and in a different way to acknowledge them closer. And so for me, being where I am now, feeling as I do now, knowing what I know now, I would say the shift for me would be to have acknowledged that something was changing and not to feel ashamed or so scared about that, that we didn't talk about it. I think it was really scary at the time. And it was really, really sad that I was at this place. We were both at this place in the relationship. And I think it broke our hearts. There we go again, broke our heart individually. It broke our idea, this firm reality that we thought was going to happen of us getting married. It really, like, that's a shattering thing to see go when you're so convinced by something. So if we had been brave enough to see it for what it was and choose each other still, how can we really have chosen each other? Not just chosen a partner, not just chosen a boyfriend, but seen each other for what who we really are and what we're really offering each other and done more with that. I would have taken advantage of what he was so unique for, what was so special and certain and particular to him. For instance, he is a soccer player. I don't know if I'll be with another soccer player. And that was his thing. That's what he loved. I would have gone to a game of his. I would have tried to go to a game of his out of town and make a weekend of it. I would have, at the very least, done a better poster for him and cheered him on. Those things. So I hope that gives you an idea of maybe how you could have acknowledged something differently. And I hope that my take on it and realizing that I now have a different take than I usually would might make you think about what your first take is on it and maybe what a second take could be for you on this question. If you could go back in time to the moment where everything seemed to shift, where your relationship felt like it was changing, what would you have said to nip it in the bud and acknowledge that something was different. Today's quote is by a famous man whose name I cannot say, Cahill Gibran. Oh God, I butchered that one. I should know this. K-A-H-L-I-L-G-I-B-R-A-N. When you reach the end of what you should know, you will be at the beginning of what you should sense. I love this quote. When you reach the end of what you should know, you will be at the beginning of what you should sense. Please hold that quote in your mind and go over it. I really, really think this is a special one. Thank you for helping this month feel special, for giving me a chance to go at it differently, to be really proactive 
with my quest for growth and healing and for this podcast, for giving it a different spin and contributing something else to it. I'm excited about this. I really am day five and I'm feeling good. I hope it has felt good for you and I hope you see the benefit in it. And of course, if you have any answers that you want to share with me or anything that sets you back, just email me at chelsea at breakupward.com or you can find me on Instagram. You'll see that I'm not posting. I'm going to start posting again. I do post stories, but that doesn't mean that I'm not active. I totally, totally am. So you can totally, totally send me a message at thank you heartbreak on Instagram or Chelsea Lee Truscott on Facebook. Oh, and a wonderful turn of events. I am taking myself to the movies tonight, right on my corner. I never go. I've been here for four years. I've never taken myself, I don't think, to the movies there. But in thanks to Red, Mr. Red, who I met today, I'm going to take myself to a $5 movie, $5 Tuesdays at 1045 and go see Glass. So this is my invitation to you to take yourself somewhere in the month of February. Take yourself where you are waiting or wishing or wanting to go or to have gone or to go back to with someone else. It's your turn.